So if you're just trying to get a video to go viral or like do well, there's a couple things you want you you want people to do on your video. One being like the video, two being comment on the video, three being watch watch how long they watch the video because personally I think, you know, likes and comments on every platform are kind of just a uh, I don't know if they really mean much. Mm. I think I think they do in terms of the user that liked it will start seeing more content like that, but I don't know if for your specific video it means much on that end of things. So I would say if you can keep someone on your video as long as possible and then they either go check out your profile or they press the share button and send to a friend, mm. those are the things that I think really move the needle in terms of sharing your video to a mass audience. <laughs> This episode is brought to you by DistroKid. DistroKid is a distribution service that can get your music into all the DSPs like Spotify, Apple Music, TikTok, Tidal, Instagram. Over a million artists have used DistroKid. I'm one of those artists. I've used DistroKid to get my music out, distribute some of my songs. As you know, as I look into all of these distribution services, I test them out. And DistroKid is great. They offer a ton of features, annual fee unlimited uploads, and you keep 100% of your royalties. Check out districtkid.com. What's going on? Welcome to the new music business. I'm your host, Ari Herstand, author of How to Make It in the New Music Business, the book. Today, my guest is Austin Georges. He is the senior account manager at Flighthouse Media. Now, Flighthouse, aside from being one of the most popular accounts on TikTok with over 27 million followers, they are now a full-on influencer agency, media agency, and they help break songs on the platform. So they have worked with previous campaigns like Say So by Doja Cat, Lemonade by Internet Money, Roxanne by Arizona Zervas, which we talk extensively about in this show and how it got over a billion streams on Spotify and nearly two million videos on um, TikTok. They've also worked Sunday Best by Surfaces and Roses, the Iman Beck remix by St. John, which has over 1.2 billion streams on Spotify alone. And he breaks down exactly how this happens. How do you go viral on TikTok? How are influencer campaigns run now on TikTok at this moment? And he talks about how ever-changing that is and how they keep up with the trends and the changes. If you are super new to TikTok and influencer marketing and know nothing about it, you're actually, you're going to get a ton out of this episode. And I make sure that I stop and explain things as he's flying off uh, kind of into the the nuanced uh, technical language that he's using. And I make sure that that even if you've never been on TikTok, hopefully you'll be able to understand this. And if you are a TikTok expert and you already have millions and millions of views and likes and followers under your belt, you're also going to really get a lot out of this conversation because Flighthouse is one of the best at what they do. So this was an extremely insightful conversation with Austin. As always, please subscribe to this show. However you're listening to this right now, follow, like, hit that like button, hit that follow button. If you're listening on YouTube, please, at the end of this, leave a comment. That really helps. And if not, head on over to Apple Podcasts and leave a five-star review. Those really help as well. As always, you can find all of us at Ari's Take on Twitter, on Instagram, yes, on TikTok. You can find me at Ari Herstand on Instagram and Twitter. Head over to ariestake.com. Subscribe to the email list. That is where you're going to get this most updated information and stay in the loop about all things new music business. All right, let's kick into the show. Austin Georges, welcome to the show. What is up, Ari? Thanks so much for having me, man. So I have to ask, first things first, uh, you're sporting a Dodgers cap. My beloved Dodgers are world champion Dodgers, but you are in Canada. You live in Canada. You're based in Canada. What's up so, with that? Okay, there's a good story here. So my goal has always been to move to LA. So any chance I can get to support the teams out there, I I, I do. Um, you know, 
growing up in Toronto, we haven't always had the best luck with winning. Um, <laughs> so, Blue Jays continue to break yeah. your heart, huh? <laughs> <laughs> so, um, you know, LA teams have definitely had their success, especially, you mm-hmm. know, Lakers as well. And I, mm-hmm. you know, I just like, I, li- I like the logos too. The, the The Los Angeles teams seem to have pretty cool logos all around. So uh, uh, you're uh, a graphics guy. Okay. I'm a graphics guy. There you go. <laughs> Dig the design. I got to actually go to the first Dodgers game in, you know, two seasons, I guess, uh, a couple nights ago. They're, you know, selling very limited capacity tickets there. And so I got, I mean, the prices aren't pretty insane right now because, you know, they're maybe a quarter full, if that. I don't, probably not even that that much. Um, But, you know, you kind of buy tickets in pods and there was nobody in, like, for rows in front or behind or on the sides. And, it was kind of weird, but it was fun, man. It was so great to be back in in the stadium, and I, I missed it. I love I love baseball. I love the Dodgers, and I was it was heartbreaking that the our final our, our World Series year we couldn't go to a single game. I had to watch the cardboard cutouts uh, when Dude. they were pitching. I'm like, come on, it breaks Dude, our heart. I feel your pain. I mean. You know, so like I said, in Toronto, we have never really been a winning team, but mm-hmm. the year before, obviously, COVID was 2019, and the Raptors have a- actually won the NBA championship that year. So yeah, just from going <laughs> from that and then to God. zero sports in the, in the whole world, it was mm-hmm. like complete flip of the switch, but yeah. I feel your pain. Um, it's and, coming you know, back, I'm, though. It's yeah, coming back. exactly. Uh, you know, fortunately, <laughs> in the States... Uh, uh, at least everyone I know is pretty much fully vaccinated. I know in Canada's a, a couple months behind, and yeah, and uh, hopefully it'll hit you guys pretty soon with yeah. the uh, the vaccines. But yeah, so it's life is coming back to normal. Knock on wood. Um, yeah. you know, sports, music, venues are going to be opening up in California come July, so that's really exciting. Um, all that stuff. But we're not here to talk about sports today. We're not here to talk <laughs> about the Dodgers as much as I. Maybe we should, uh, but either way, no, no, I don't think any of uh, my listeners really care to hear about that anymore. Um, what what we're here today to talk about um, specifically is TikTok and everything that's happening in the music space on TikTok. You are an expert in this space, um, and by working at Flight House. Um, now, how long have you been with Flight House? And just give me a background a little bit on what Flight House is for people who don't sure. know. Sure. Yeah. So I've currently been at Flight House for a little over a year now. Mm-hmm. Um, to give you kind of the rundown, Flight House actually started out on Musical.ly, which was what TikTok was before, you know, they actually switched over. Mm-hmm. Um, and what happened was Flight House was essentially the hub for everything, sounds and songs. So mm-hmm. When you were, quote unquote, what they used to call it a muser, everyone would come to Flight House to find these, you know, custom sounds or their favorite songs or whatever and make videos to them. Mm. We were kind of that hub for, you know, all the kids um, to come and, you know, check out the sounds and make their, you know, back in the day, it was those lip syncing videos that they used to do all sped up. Um, Not so much the same now, but that's kind of how Flight House started. And um, our CEO, Jacob Pace now, Um, he was, I think like 19 at the time and he was, he was working for create music group and Mm -hmm. was like, Hey guys, I think you guys should really look into flight house, this page on, on musically they're, you know, kind of the hub right now for everything music on this app, this Mm -hmm. up and coming app. And they're like, interesting. So they ended up looking into it and actually acquiring the page and, um, you know, fast forward to now, we're, you know, a full-fledged media company where we have, you know, our front-facing side, which is, um, you know, the 27 million fans on TikTok, which, mm-hmm. you know, I, I still struggle with a, a, mm-hmm. that number. Um, and then, you know, we also have two other sides to it, which is the brand side and then the the, the music marketing side, which I'm a part of. And, um, and, and we basically, you know, leverage our position in the TikTok space, mm-hmm. um, with all these influencers coming through the studio and having those relationships to run these campaigns for labels, um, and basically just try and break music on the platform. That's a- right. Right. Um, so that's what I want to talk about because you have mm-hmm. some pretty impressive, um, stats and I was looking at your deck before this. Um, you know, just just what your deck says, and, and I'm sure you can break uh, some other stories down. Uh, yeah. Your past campaigns include "Say So" by Doja Cat, which got over a billion TikTok views. It hit number one on the Hot 100, Billboard Hot 100. Yeah. Uh, you worked "Roxanne" by Arizona Zervas, which 
Uh, also um, cracked the Hot 100 Billboard number one on on the top songs on Spotify. And actually, uh, interesting trivia. I don't know if you knew this. Uh, this uh, Roxanne was the first song to hit the top tracks on Spotify by an unsigned, totally self-released artist. Um, yeah. That song was distributed through DistroKid. Like, they're literally <laughs> complete, like, no label. We're not even talking, like, a label services company. We're not even talking, like, you know, uh, a distributor that's, that's like, exclusive, invite-only, sure. whatever. It was DistroKid. And he distributed the song to DistroKid. And not only is it at, uh, last I checked, I believe it was, like, uh, a billion streams, I think, on Spotify alone. Yeah. Nearly two million videos on TikTok. Um Let's start there. I want to talk about sure. that campaign because this song, Roxanne, which was released October 2019. Yeah. Um, so tell me about the trajectory of this song and when Flight House kind of came into play and just like how this all went down. Yeah. Yeah. No, this is this is one of it's it's funny you picked this one because it's one of my favorite campaigns that we just had the pleasure of being a part of. And mm-hmm. the story is super interesting. So. Flight House has always had the mindset of like trying to be, you know, at the forefront and have our kind of ear to the ground on things that are moving. We're not always in the mindset and, you know, waiting for labels to hit us and be like, here's a song. Would you guys like to promote this? We just aren't those type of people. We're always like go getters and looking Mm -hmm. for the next thing. So Mm -hmm. when Roxanne was on the platform, I believe at the time it was at about maybe, maybe a thousand videos under the sound. And at the time, like, you know, for the song of that magnitude, that's nothing compared to what it actually got. So we saw that sound and we were like, you know what, this is, this is moving. We see it's working really well. Um, I don't believe there was a necessarily a trend at the time set to that song. So we, we reached out to the, to the hit, I think it was him or, or he may have had a manager at the time, but it was very new. Like he didn't have a big team or anything going on. So we hit him up and we're like, Hey man, like we've seen your songs moving really well on TikTok." Um, not sure if you put any money behind it or are trying to take advantage of the movement on the platform, but we'd love to like help you out here and be a part of this with you. Um, and he reached back and was like, listen, like I haven't ran a single campaign for any of my music across any platform. So this Mm -hmm. would, this is interesting to me. I'd love to, you know, jump on this. Mm -hmm. Um, next thing, you know, you know, he says, let's do it. So this was, I think one of our original first, like quote unquote, um, blow ups, I would say at the, at the Mm -hmm. end of the day. And to start off the campaign, the first thing we did was, um, I think we talked about this in a past conversation, but we we tapped into very micro influencers. And I think that's somewhere where people, you know, are like, wait, what? You used small influencers to blow yeah. up a song? I think it's a very big misconception with TikTok that you always have to use the Charlie D'Amelios, the Addison Rays, the Dixie D'Amelios to blow the up these. big stars. Right. right. And... It's just not the case at the end of the day. What we did was we just used a bunch of micros to start it off, right? And what do you consider a micro-influencer? It's a good question. So at the time, um, I would say like maybe you could have a 1,000 followers. You could have like 10,000 followers. Somewhere in there is a pretty micro-influencer. And when when we talk micro, I mean, you could have 100 followers too. I Mm -hmm. think for us when you're in the micro stage, it's a numbers game at the end of the day. You're really just putting, you know, videos out to kind of have a, ch- the more videos you put out, the better chance you have of one kind of blowing up. Sure. And that was our mindset with that campaign. It well, wasn't, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, no, just to pause right there, because I, I yeah. think there there are some people listening um, who don't really understand how TikTok works. And so I, totally. I do want to just step back a second here, because yeah. uh, the thing that was confounding to me with TikTok is that it works so differently than Instagram in terms of how things go viral or pick up or explode. And it's so much based on the algorithm. And I mean, case in point, like, um, you know, Ari's take was pretty late to get a a TikTok account. And um, I was, uh, you know, full disclosure, pretty uh, resistant to getting on TikTok. And I'm not a user. I don't like don't care to be. Um, but you know, my 21 year old operations coordinator at Ari's take, she's like, yo, we we should get on TikTok. I'm like, all right, you know what you, uh, if you want to run it, I'm down. Like you tell me what to do. I'll film the videos. I'll send it to you. TikTokify them and you just run it. (laughs) And like, so we did it and we put up our first video and you know, zero followers and, and, uh, got, it got a few thousand views. I'm like, all right, this is 
crazy. We had no followers. Then we had like, you know, 10 followers or something. And our second video we put up on t- our TikTok page got 100,000 views. And I'm like, <laughs> we had 10 followers. How does this even happen? I So like, that's when I'm like, all right, TikTok is different than yep. everything else out there. Anything we'd ever seen before. Because that never that doesn't happen on Instagram. Now it's starting to with Reels because Instagram sure. is trying to compete with TikTok and in the algorithm in that space. But before Reels, it this wasn't really happening. It was like it, or or Twitter or Facebook yep. or anything. It's like you had to have a lot of followers to share that thing. And if you put it out and you didn't have any followers, nobody saw it. But so this is different. So it makes sense now when you're saying micro influencers who may only have a hundred followers. They might put up a video, the algorithm may catch it, and it can explode and then can inspire uh, more people to do more videos, right? Yes. You, you, you hit the nail on the head. It is crazy. There has never been a platform where you could upload a video, wake up tomorrow, and have a 1,000 followers and 100,000 views. It's just yeah. never been a thing. And you know, while you're, you're right, you know, everyone is trying to copy TikTok, at the end of the day, TikTok is still number one because of how, especially in the music industry of how connected they are with, with you have to use music to make a video. That's just the way it is. Mm, Um, mm -hmm. when you go on other apps, that's not a thing. You don't have to select a song first to make a video. And that's, it, it, it just changed the music game. And I think that's the whole reason why, when I say micro influencers, it could Mm. be someone with a hundred followers. It could be someone with you know, upwards of a hundred thousand followers. But Mm -hmm. sometimes, you know, even when you're in that, you're in that range, the, you know, barrier to entry for a video to explode is just, is the same because, Mm -hmm. because it's all relative when you're scrolling on the, you know, the, the, there's two pages, one's the following page and one's the for you page. Right. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And no one, regardless of, you know, how much you like your fault, like who you're following majority of the time, you're not on the following feed. You're scrolling through just seeing what, what, what the for you page shows you. Mm -hmm. And the way TikTok is really smart is that, Using the for you page, even if you don't like anything, even if you don't comment on anything, even if you don't share, it knows that you watch this video for three seconds longer than you watched the last video. Mm. And it knows that watch time is one of the most important things when it comes to videos. YouTube has has kind of cracked into that too. Yeah. So I mean, it just goes into another point where it's like watch time is even something we look into on campaigns. Like how can we get people to watch this, this specific video longer? Because that sure. that's in turn going to lead to someone, you know, check, maybe checking out the song or actually liking the video or whatever mm-hmm. the case may be. So there's all these little tricks for sure. Yeah. And I want to get into some of those tricks in a minute, but let's go back to the Roxanne campaign. So sure. uh, you decided to engage a bunch of micro influencers. Now, yeah. what is that look like when you engage them and you ask them to kind of work this campaign? Break that down. Yeah, good question. So like I said, Flighthouse is in a really interesting position, whereas other agencies, they're just kind of, you know, a company or an email that's hitting you up. And it's just like, hey, hey, we are running running this song. Uh, Would you like to, you know, get paid for it? Mm-hmm. Whereas when Flighthouse reaches out, it's a bit different because we're kind of known in the space as like almost an influencer as well. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when an agency reaches out, you might not you know, really know them. So sure. initially reaching out, it was very easy for us to be like, hey, it's Flighthouse. Would you like to be on this song we're promoting? And a lot of the people even at the time were willing to do it for free just because mm-hmm. of who Flighthouse was. And I think we definitely use that to our advantage. Um, you know, the, the one of the main steps for us, obviously, was just reaching out, saying, hey, we're promoting this song. Would you take $5 for it? Would you take $10 for it? Just kind of negotiating and seeing uh, what the pricing was, what people were willing to pay for it. Um, hey, and, and what do you mean? Uh, will you take $10 for what? Good question. So we we would give them this song and we'd say, hey, uh, this was at the at the start of the campaign. We'd say, hey. We have this song. We're not really looking for a specific creative. Right now, we're just looking for open. We'd like you to use the song and just uh, make a video with it. Whatever you want to make with it, just post it. Um, and whether it's $5, $10, $50, it kind of depended on their their following usually. That's kind of how you gauge mm. um, you know, how much you're willing to pay someone. Um, but that that that's kind of how the campaign started. So you're paying them to make a video. I mean, and, yeah. and as, as simply as that, and, and that's... 
you know, when you break it down like that, it's like, oh, okay. And and now I understand micro even in a, yeah. in a bigger sense. It's like, all right, you're paying somebody $5 to make a video yeah. and yeah. post it on their own channel. It's not like you're hiring them to make a video for you like you love their, you know, it's not like you're hiring a video editor who needs to cut a video for you. You're paying them to basically make their own video and put it on their profile. Yeah. Um, and so with this song, how many of these micro influencers would you say you paid? That's a good question. So I, I'm i trying to think back now. I would say upwards of maybe 20 to 30 to start off. That was okay. micro. So, and then, you know, so, so a lot of our campaigns, just to kind of broaden out here, a lot of our campaigns have different strategies. We'll use a little bit of micro, a little bit of mids, and then a little bit of macro. Macro being like the Charlie D'Amelio's or just the really popular big people on the platform. Charlie D'Amelio, who, of course, is the first <laughs> viral star on TikTok Absolutely. with over 100 million followers. I don't know where yeah. she is now. <laughs> she, I think she's upwards of like maybe 150. She's yeah. got to be close. She's right. definitely, I mean, that's the 16 year old mind. dancer, for those of you who don't know, she basically was po- maybe she's 17 now, but she posted yeah. photo uh, TikToks of her dancing, went crazy viral, became the number one account on TikTok. Yeah. What does she get to what do you pay her for a video? That's what I want to know. It's a good question. So I believe, <laughs> yeah, it's it, it's funny because it it changes. Last time we yeah. like really used her or my, I myself used her for a campaign. Um, you know, the conversations got upward of fifty, sixty thousand dollars for one post just using a song. For one yeah. video. One <laughs> video that's under sixty seconds long. Yeah. Yeah. Unbelievable. So if I'll let everyone do the math. If she yeah. even did two songs a day, if she wanted to, <laughs> let's just let's just leave it there. But um right. wow. hey man, it's I, you know, good for her. I I I I can't imagine. But I now <laughs> but now it makes me wonder. Is that even worth it? Because it goes the other way with the algorithm too. Like I've seen now, maybe not Charlie D'Amelio, but I've seen some of these TikTok quote unquote macro influencers with maybe a few million followers and they'll post a video and relatively it completely flops. It maybe only gets a few thousand views, um, not tens of thousands, not hundreds of thousands, not millions of views. Um, and now you just paid a macro, quote unquote, macro influencer, 30 grand, 20 grand, whatever. And the video flopped where you paid this other kid five bucks and you just got five million views from him. Yeah, you, it's it's a really good point. Um, that That's one of the, the areas that's a little gray for some people. There's a lot of people on this platform that have a million plus followers. Yeah. And the truth is there's only a fraction that are actually worth paying. Mm. Um, just because there's a lot of ways you can gain followers on this app. And some of them are just, you know, oh, like they follow this person for this one video that was really funny. And then from then on, their content just kind of died out. So they have a million follows now, but they're only getting a thousand views. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's kind of where we come into play is like when we're running a campaign, we're very in touch with the people that move the needle and that have performed well in the past. So Mm. we kind of know those people. But if you were looking on it from the outside, like yourself, it's very easy to see. There's a lot of people that have millions and millions of followers, but can't break a hundred thousand views. And sometimes it's just, it's hard to distinguish who to use in a campaign if you don't know any of that. So, um, you're Mm. totally right. I think for, for, for our, our, our standpoint, we're always in the mindset of like, let's try and use people that are smaller, that are maybe going to have a better chance of actually blowing up. Because Mm. I would say personally, this this could be wrong, but I would say those people that have a million followers and aren't getting a lot of views might actually have a harder time of having a video blow up than that person with 100 followers that's not really in the algorithm. Now, why is that? It's a, it's a good question, and I don't know if I can answer it, but my thought is just that their content um, has not been – like it's been consistently not the greatest so the algorithm just hasn't been rewarding Mm. it and maybe it doesn't level them on the same playing field as someone who's brand new to the platform and is uploading their first video maybe tiktok has a thing where it's like this person's new i want to reward them so they stay on the platform they haven't been here long i don't know if that's a thing (laughs) but it's it and and i hope it seems like it boy did i did did i get a boost of confidence when our (laughs) second video got you know went a hundred thousand views and we got like three thousand followers overnight and uh 
And then, you know, it's now we're chasing that. It's like, oh, haven't gotten 100,000 views since and we've posted 30 fucking videos. And it's like, <laughs> all right, well, what, you know, but I can see that tick. this is a strategy probably with TikTok is like, totally. let's reward them early on. So it's like a drug. It's like your first <laughs> time you do heroin, uh, not encouraging anyone to do heroin, but everyone's always chasing that high, that first yep. high. And yeah. it's like, you know, social media is the same thing. It's a drug. And TikTok knows how to uh, uh, how to get how to get addicts. They know how to get how to get it, you using. Yeah. It's like you get that first high and all that feedback that we got. It's like, wow. And now I'm chasing to try to get that high again. And yeah. uh, TikTok's like, nah, you know, maybe we'll, we'll give you once in a while. We'll get the primo stuff that you, that you got. But, but you got to keep got to keep coming back to us. We're the dealers and you're yeah. going to keep buying from us. We know you're going to buy. And once in a while, we'll slip some good stuff in there that you're paying the same amount for. So, all right, we're going to stop the drug analogy. I don't want anyone to continue. I do not endorse drugs. What happened here? <laughs> I know. What the fuck? I went on Ari's podcast and he just started talking about heroin. Man, what the fuck? All right. Anyway, do not endorse drugs. Anyway, let's continue. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, just to go back, I think, you know, just, just from, just from, you know, Arizona service perspective, mm-hmm. um, that song was really interesting because there is a lot of campaigns where we actually don't use micro influencers as well. We just, you know, we have something that's working and it's more of a poor gasoline on the fire type of, type of, uh, song or campaign where, okay. you know, something already has 50,000 videos. There's a trend moving and um, you'll just be like, okay, well, let's just go get these big influencers that we know is going to move the needle and that are just going to keep pouring gasoline on the fire, taking mm-hmm. it to the next level. Um, Got it. And so just to, just to pause there for a second, because I do want to help out the, uh, the listeners who uh, still don't really understand how TikTok totally. works. Um, so because we've been talking about views, we've been talking about followers, we've been talking about likes, we've been talking about videos. So just explain for the people that are that are newer to understanding what determines what viral means on TikTok, uh, what you mean when you say number of videos. Sure. So to start off, you get on the platform and the first thing you're going to want to do is I would just say if you're if you're new to TikTok, you've never been on the platform, hop on and just start watching videos. Start engaging with content that is enjoyable to you. I'd say that's the first best thing and just trying to learn TikTok because mm-hmm. people are always like, what do I post? What do I post? And I'm like, I can't tell you what to exactly post, but I can mm-hmm. tell you what's going to help you is going on the platform and just seeing the stuff you enjoy other people posting and kind of getting ideas from there. Mm. Um, in terms of like how to how to grow on the platform and what, what viral is and wh- how to grow a song. And I think there's a couple things at play here. So if you're just trying to get a video to go viral or like do well, there's a couple things you want, you, you want people to do on your video. One being like the video, two being comment on the video, three being watch, watch how long they watch the video. Because personally, I think, you know, likes and comments on every platform are kind of just, a uh, I don't know if they really mean much. Mm. I think I think they do in terms of the user that liked it will start seeing more content like that, but I don't know if for your specific video it means much on that end of things. So I would say if you can keep someone on your video as long as possible and then they either go check out your profile or they press the share button and send to a friend, mm. those are the things that I think really move the needle in terms of sharing your video to a mass audience. Mm-hmm. Um, what's really interesting is when you post a TikTok they usually send it out to, I think it's like a hundred people just to test how your video is doing with those first hundred people. Huh. And typically no one, no one knows that. So you'll see a really interesting spike. It's like, you'll see like a spike to maybe a hundred, 200 views right away, usually. Mm. And if, if people aren't engaging with the video, they aren't watching as much, whatever the case may be, then it won't be keep going as fast. And mm-hmm. TikTok's really smart in that way. It's like, we're not going to, present this video to everyone. We want to see if even just a, li- a couple people like the video before we start pushing it out more. Um, mm-hmm. And and that's kind of what I mean in terms of, you know, you know, the bullet points that you kind of want to hit every time you upload a video in terms mm-hmm. of how, how, how big it's going to grow um, on, on, on the, on the side of it, if you're trying to promote music from what, where we look, Um, I was talking about videos. So videos under a sound. So you can go on TikTok, you click a sound Mm -hmm. and you look and it'll say this video or this sound has 60,000 videos. Um, and, and that's, that is the most 
important thing when you're trying to promote music. Mm. Um, you know, you can get a lot of likes on a single video. I actually watched your other podcast with Mothica. Mm-hmm. Um, and she obviously had a, had a, had a big success, but if you noticed on her actual song, there wasn't a bunch of videos created. It was just like her own video did really well. And that's what kind of transpired into the streaming and all of that stuff. Yeah. But I, you know, I believe if, if, if her actual um, sound grew more in videos, it would even increase it more to the next level where other people can start using that sound. And, and it just keeps, you know, the trend going. So, mm-hmm. um, right. And, and no- so Mothica, uh, her song vices, uh, yeah went viral in in early i was like april may 2020 or so base more or less it was her it was a video, video. of her yeah. in her car listening to her song that had just come out and her freaking out about it and that video actually went viral that got it like uh, millions of views yeah but you're right not as many videos were created by other users using that sound to break right. it down a little bit further um tiktok and correct me if i'm wrong uh, when you say use a sound, when if somebody, if I were to hold up my phone right now and just start talking at it and record a little yep. bit of this conversation and then post this bit to TikTok without grabbing any piece of music, you could then pull out, open your TikTok app, grab this sound, quote unquote, like what I just grabbed and posted on my TikTok. You could use that sound and you could like do put whatever visuals on the sound so it could be me talking and you could be basically yeah. lip syncing me I could be talking. dancing <laughs> right dancing whatever yeah now yeah. but also sounds can be songs so like you can search for a song on the sound section of tiktok pick a song yeah there's uh usually a like a, a minute of that song which you're able to choose and then you can do whatever you want to that song and that sound and so it, it correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe it goes both ways where you can then search by sounds. And sometimes it's us talking and that's the sound. And a bunch of people do that. I've seen videos, crazy videos like that go around where it's just like a mother yelling at their kid. <laughs> and then they like, you know, people use yeah. that sound and put it into really funny situations of, you know, uh, reenacting that, that conversation. Um, but also where, since we're talking mostly music, yeah. The thing that really what you want to see, like when we said Roxanne uh, got 1.8 million videos using that sound, it wasn't the mother yeah. yelling at the kid sound. It was the actual song right. that people, 1.8 million people used that song in their video. So when you tap right. the sound, you see, oh, this is an actual song, right? Yep. Yep. Okay. Yeah. You uh, you hit the nail on the head. Um, okay. So – on TikTok, there's kind of two ways you can distribute your music. One of them being officially through your distributor, kind of distro kid, whoever you're mm-hmm. using, you can distribute a sound there. It'll come up as an official sound when you're searching it. Um, and, and that's typically how like a lot of bigger artists do it if they're not as involved in TikTok. Mm-hmm. But if you're trying to, you know, I always recommend using something called an original sound, which is exactly what Ari described right there. It's essentially, you know, the best way to do it is take your sound, upload it on a video, post that video to your page Mm -hmm. as a private video. So that video is not actually live for anyone else except yourself. And then you use that sound to create whatever video you want to use. I don't know if I lost you there, but essentially that's called an original sound. And you're just Uh. using a sound that's in a video you huh. can rename that sound. You can do whatever you want with it one time. But um, the reason I always recommend that is because when another TikTok user comes to that and 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 sees that sound, it feels more organic. It doesn't mm. feel like it's promoted. It doesn't feel like it's an official sound. It feels like it's just part of the platform. It's something some random user created that just feels like, oh, I found this sound. This is so cool. I want to use it. I think there's a common, you know, stigma quote-unquote when you see an official sound um especially if there's other you know influencers on it that it might be a campaign or that it might be you know getting promoted so i always recommend just on any any basis whether it's a campaign or you're just trying to promote your own music Mm -hmm. uploading it as an original sound just feels more organic to everyone on the platform 
Real quick, I want to let you know about DistroKid. Well, I'm sure you already know about DistroKid, but they are partners with Ari's Take, and they are a great company that can help get your music distributed to Spotify, Apple Music, TikTok, Tidal, Instagram, all of that. Over a million artists use DistroKid. I'm one of those artists. I have distributed some of my music in the past. And something I appreciate about DistroKid as not just an artist, but someone who studies this space is they have been one of the most innovative companies over the last 10 years. They came in and completely changed the game. One of the first companies offering unlimited uploads, and now most of the other distributors have had to change their policies to kind of copy and follow suit uh, what DistroKid was doing, and the industry had changed, of course. DistroKid doesn't keep a commission. That means you keep 100% of your royalties and earnings from the DSPs. They also offer payment splitting. They call it splits, something that, for me at this point, is a deal breaker. I don't want to have to cut checks to all my collaborators and the producers and everybody else that is owed royalties and owed splits from my earnings. DistroKid will cut those checks directly. You can get them to uh, your collaborators to sign up, and then DistroKid will cut all the checks to all your collaborators. And they were one of the first to offer that of the DIY self-service distributors. DistroKid continues to innovate. Check them out. If you need to get your music out there, districtkid.com. I, I get that, but now I wonder, because um, I've, I've seen that, but then I also have seen, I don't know what song it is. So like, so, so yeah. maybe this original sound uploaded by um, Austin ha- gets, uh, you know, hundreds of thousands of other people making this video with Austin's original sound, but it's my song. And then we don't know, you don't. So how would anybody know what the song is? Cause if the ultimate goal is to get you off TikTok and into Spotify, listening to that song so I can get paid for it and I can build fans. How does that help that ultimate goal? So it's a good, it's a good question. So the one, there's two options here. Uh, I mean, there's kind of one option, but the one main option is that the the user that actually uploaded that that sound, quote mm-hmm. unquote, can actually change the name of that sound. Okay. So sometimes it may only say original sound by Austin Georges just because that was whoever uploaded it. But you can actually ask that user, or if you're the user, you can change it to Ari Herstand, whatever song it is, and that'll be the name of the sound. So mm. that's one way. Another okay. way is TikTok has... Um, incorporated a new um, kind of feature on these sounds. So what happens is, um, you know, it may not even say your name on the sound, but underneath you'll see includes a part by Ari Herstands and then the song. It's a new, it's a new feature that actually wow. just released. So cool. they have this, like this, uh, I don't know how, what it's called. Like it's, uh, it's, it's like their th- version of Shazam or so. Are they like go. audio yeah, recognizing? Yeah. They, That's they can exactly just like what tell what, what it is based yeah. on their audio recognition software. Yeah, yeah, it's really it's really interesting, and and sometimes you know it'll even have it. Do, they don't have Spotify yet, which I'm kind of upset because I'm a Spotify user, but they do have Apple Music, okay. so it'll actually link right to that Apple Music uh, song, and cool. then people can stream it from there. So they they definitely are um, <laughs> trying to help out the 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 artists nowadays because okay. I think it was a big problem where. You're right. There was just sounds that just said original made by so and so, and you're like, well, what what is the song even? I, I want to find this song, and it right. and you couldn't find it. But now they're definitely trying to you know solve that problem for people. And okay, I, so that well, that's helpful, and that's good to know. So uh, theoretically, if uh, you're starting a campaign or someone's starting a campaign, and you're like, all right, let's not ask people to use the sound, the official sound of the song that we distributed from a distributor yep. that's going to show up on the sounds on TikTok. Let's have our first, uh, let's call him an influencer, uh, create this first video, and it's going to be the original sound uh, that they are attaching to their video so it won't look like it's promoted. We make sure that they title it with the name of the artist and the song title. Hopefully, TikTok's uh, sonic recognition software will tag it and they'll nail the song, but either way, we've already titled it so they know. And so then is do you so when you're working with your micro influencers do you then say hey go check out this video and use that sound to make your video and we'll pay you $10 for it or how what's this what's the strategy now 
Yeah. So typically when we upload a sound with a, a the the influencer like you're talking about, the, the next step would be we'd take that sound and we'd we'd send it off to a bunch of micro influencers. Typically, you know, you know, it might be 10 influencers. It might go all the way up to 30. Um, it just kind of depends on the campaign and how mm-hmm. many people were looking to populate the sound with initially. Um, but I'd always recommend if you're pushing your own song and you, you know, you, maybe even you're an independent artist and you want to try and promote your song, it's always good to have some videos populated under the sound that aren't just your own, because mm-hmm. I think it looks like more people are using the sound. I think it just looks like it's more uh, interesting to people. Mm-hmm. When you see a sound with zero videos, you're kind of like, eh, I'm not really excited to jump on this and use it with other so people. So I, I want to get just a little technical for a second, yeah. because um, people are, I'm sure, are listening to this, taking notes. And, and they like the question that I have right now, when you say we're sending a song to somebody or i'm sorry we're sending the sound to somebody to use what do you mean by that are you actually sending them the mp3 of the sound or are you saying no here's the video on tiktok go to that video tap the use this sound button so then you can see all the videos populate in that one page because if you're sending the mp3 of the sound i'm assuming you're not going to be able to track how many videos have used that sound is that correct yes so I'm happy you're asking all these questions because I know it, I'm I'm probably just flying through this because it's second nature, but right. I understand that other people probably don't get what I'm saying. So yeah. you're 100% right. So what we actually do is when we go, you can go to those specific sounds that mm-hmm. whatever the user uploaded and you can actually mm-hmm. copy the link. So we actually just send the link right to these, these micro influencers or macro or whoever Got they it. are and say, hey, this is the sound we're using. This is whether there's a creative or not, we'll show them a reference video or or a video that's already live and say, this is the creative we're going for. Um, would you be interested in doing this this sound with us or hopping on this campaign or whatever the case may be? And, um, you know, typically we've worked with a lot of these influencers in the past. So prices are all kind of already set. We kind of know each other and we kind of know the price that they're going to give us. Mm-hmm. Um, and and yeah, that's that's kind of the next step is like, hey, when can you get the video posted? Um, sometimes we'll ask for a draft. Sometimes we're just kind of easy with it and we'll say, you know what, do whatever you want with it. We're just, we're just happy that you're posting with it. Um, so, so, so yeah, that's kind of, that's kind of how we When you say we there. ask for a, dra- oh, well, you want them to show you what they're doing. So, so do you give them much guidance on the creative on, on what they should post or the style of the video? Like, Hey, do this dance or do this <laughs> meme or whatever. Yeah, I think, no, it's a good question. Um, so we actually have a creative team, a part of Flight House that strictly works on just creative for all our campaigns. And they're the ones that are literally, you know, in the trenches coming up with these camp- these creatives on TikTok all day, scrolling, just finding what's working, what's not working. Um, that's not to say we're hitting a viral trend every time, because sure. the truth is, obviously, no one can do that. But we are very tapped in on that side of things. And we do have a creative team. Sometimes, again, there is no creative. Sometimes we just want you to use the sound and have fun with it. Do whatever you want. Mm. Sometimes there's a very um, strategic, like, this is the creative we want to go with. Use this. If not, we're like, that's just, that's the only thing. Give me an example do. of uh, a creative that's like a trend that your your uh, staff has found and hopped sure. on. Sure. Sure. Um, so, I mean, I can just speak to one right now that's really moving on the platform. A lot of people are doing this trend where there's this, um, this like flips, this, this, this flip filter. So you press the screen and your face flips the opposite way. It's like this mirroring filter almost. Huh. I don't know if you've seen it on, um, who's the girl that's, um, she had the driver's license song, Olivia Rodrigo. Mm-hmm. So her new song is, is moving really quickly right now. And it's because it, it's called deja vu. Mm-hmm. And every time it, she says deja vu, wow. people keep pressing this filter and it keeps switching your face. And it's, it's, I mean, it's the silliest thing, but it's sure. working so well. And the, I guess my point here is that, you know, if we didn't know that effect was a thing, it probably wouldn't be on the platform right now, moving in and out and people using it so much. So it's just about, if I can recommend anything to anyone about how to use a TikTok platform or, you know, one, one tip that's like very important is just test. I mean, that's mm. what we do every single day is we test new filters, we test new audios, we test new influencers, we test new, whatever the case may be. There's not one, st- one way fits all for every song or every person. 
Um, but I think testing is the number one thing to do when you're trying to, you know, work things. That makes a lot of sense. Um, so when you're paying these people, I'm curious at the methodology and in kind of how you're coming up with what to pay them. If there is a methodology, sure. You said, all right, I'm going to pay this micro influencer five dollars to make a video, and that makes sense to me conceptually. Or Charlie D'Amelio, I'm going to pay her sixty grand to make a video. And like <laughs> that also makes sense to me, you know, conceptually, but. Sure. Why not pay them for the success of the video? So like do a tiered payment saying, all right, if your video, uh, you know, reward them for the success. If your video gets 100,000 views, I'll pay you $50. If it gets uh, a million views, I'll pay you $200. But if it gets, you know, just 1,000 views or anything, you know, below uh, 100,000 views, I'll just pay you five bucks or something like that. Yeah. No. Um. So it's, it's, I think there's two answers to this. One being that sometimes the influencers, you know, they're making a lot of money and, and, and their idea is like, either I can just, you know, get the, get the 500 right off the bat from you. Mm-hmm. Or, um, if you're, if you're trying to do the success route, I can just go to another agency that's going to pay me for another song. Sadly, that's mm-hmm. kind of just the way it is. Um, it. the other option is if they do want to go that success route, I would say it doesn't benefit us in the same way because like I I think we've talked about this before actually there there's this weird thing on TikTok and a lot of you know other platforms like YouTube even where a video could be on the platform for 5 months and only get 1000 views but all of a sudden 5 months later it's gotten 100,000 views and mm-hmm. you're like wait a second now this isn't working out in my favor because I'm paying them all this money all of a sudden uh, and it only got 10,000 views originally sure. so we always try and go with just a straight up payment off the bat. We agree on the payment and that's kind of how we have done it. I think it just takes out any variables and it it just makes it easier for both sides. Cause you know, when we're running a lot of campaigns, we don't want to have to be like, Oh, this campaign from three months ago, this influencer's video went up to here. So now we have to pay them here. And it just, it kind of would get it really messy for us. Sure. Um, and I think just, just, just from working with these influencers, a lot of them, just have we just haven't no one's really using that model right is now. Is it um okay, no, that makes sense and that's helpful. Um is it um advisable to well, I guess what do you do in the case where you pay them ten dollars, they put up the video, and then a day later they take it down? Good question. So in our case, um we probably so I, I know we take about two weeks to pay just because that's just our, our standard, um, you know, accounting, accounting things. But what I would probably do is either reach out to them and say, hey, video got taken down. Can you either re-upload it or, or kind of just first ask them what's going on? Because yep. we're never the ones to be like, hey, we're not paying you. Why isn't this up? We just sure. kind of want to figure out the situation. Um, if they don't upload it again, we probably just won't be able to pay them because like they didn't fill out their side of the obligation. Sure. Um, you know, in the past we have had videos get taken down and we've paid them already. And sadly, you know, sometimes they won't upload the video and it's sometimes mm-hmm. bigger, bigger influencers. And at the end of the day, I think it's just the name of the game. Sometimes yeah. you kind of get, you kind of get gypped and, and you know, it's tough. Yeah. I mean, we were working this DIY campaign where we were testing out a lot of these things on our end and, and uh, with a new song and went to someone and, and we actually had agreed on this. I mean, we're, you know, trial and error learning as we go, but we we yeah. did the tiered success payment model and yeah. he agreed to it. Um, and after two days, it hadn't caught. And so he took it down. He's like, yeah, that one didn't, that didn't go. So like, I, you know, I'll, let's try another one again in the future. Now, granted, I hadn't paid him because we were only going to pay if that video reached 100,000 views. After a sure. couple of days, it would only reach a couple thousand views. So he just took it down. Now- I totally, uh, you know, get you where you say like sometimes months later that that uh, video might catch and there's no uh, way that's going to happen if this guy takes a video down. So I also understand the other side is like, well, yeah, just pay them and have it part of your agreement. I guess I'm, I'm assuming you're not sending contracts to these influencers. You're probably just saying, yo, like this is how it works. Don't take the video down <laughs> and we'll keep coming to you basically. It's like yeah. make the video, keep it up and don't take it down and boom, we'll keep paying you for more videos, right? 
Yeah, some some influencers are through management companies, so there okay. is, you know, sometimes contracts that have to be in place, but they're very like standard at least. Sometimes the contract will be like at least keep it up for 3 months because usually okay. by then the video is not going to change much, so if it gotcha. gets taken down 3 months later, not a huge deal, but yeah, um typically we just say, "Hey, People kind of know the game's been around for a little while now, and we've mm-hmm. we work with a lot of the similar influencers throughout all these campaigns. So um, they kind of know this is just how it works. You upload the video, you get paid, and you know things keep moving. Um, you know there, but there also is you know the off off balls that just don't upload videos or stop replying or sure. simple things. It, it's funny because we have to tell a lot of these uh, these labels. You know, hey, we're working with kids sometimes and sometimes these kids either won't be responsive or you know won't upload the video on time or so it's really funny in our proposals when we send them to these labels we're like just 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 be prepared because things can happen like that yeah um and it's an interesting game we're not working with a-list celebrities that have managers that'll get it done for us and and whatnot so just uh just a little side note there yeah no that makes sense um so so yeah you keep mentioning labels, so I'm assuming uh, that most of your clients are labels uh, push like trying to get one of their new artists or one of their artists releases to to catch. Um, yeah. Now, how does that relationship work? Meaning, does the label come to you and they say, "All right." Uh, are they just step me through that process do they have goals in mind do you do yeah. they have budgets in mind do you tell them how much it costs and and how does that all work yeah good question so typically there there's two kind of people that come to us that i would say are are quote unquote clients one of them being major labels mm-hmm. the other one being independent artists um or their managers that come to us um the, the typically the first step is them just sending us the song and us being like listen, we're just going to give you our initial thoughts. We never take on every song because first of all, we don't want to just take your money and run with it. Flight House mm-hmm. has never been in that mindset. There are other agencies out there that will just throw influencers at the wall for you and do what you do, what they tell you or they say they're going to do. But for us, we hold ourselves to a very high standard. We want you guys to win. And if if that's not going to happen, we don't want to be a part of the campaign because sure. that's just, you know, kind of our mindset on things. So yeah, the creative team takes it in and says, hey, uh, this is either a good song or it doesn't really fit our strengths or the platform strengths. We're going to pass here. Um, and the next step would be uh, budgets. So we kind of ask them, hey, what's your budget? We mm. do have, you know, minimums and those minimums vary. Um, you know, it used to be around like $10,000. That was the minimum. And now it's mm. moving up to closer to like $15,000. And yeah. especially for these labels, I think it's 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 interesting because we do really want to work with a lot more independent artists and it's not, it's not the fact that um, they can't afford it. It's, it's more the fact that the money doesn't go as far on TikTok as it used to. And Mm. it's getting harder and harder, even for labels to push, push songs on the platform um, with less spend. So for us, the reason we increase our minimums is because we, we just have seen that it's just not working as well if we are, keep doing these lower budgets for them. Um, so, sorry, going back to my point, um, you know, the next step would be um, would be saying, okay, great, this is the budget. Let's let's move forward, and we put a proposal together, and that's where we kind mm-hmm. of engage our influencer team. So, just to break it down, we have the creative team, the influencer team, and then the account managers, which is the team I'm on. Um, I kind of manage, you know, just just the all the expectations between the the, the client, our mm-hmm. team, and just kind of that middle messenger. Um, we engage our influencer team, and they're going to be the ones that are selecting quote unquote target influencers that we think are going to be good for this campaign, good for this creative rollout. Uh-huh. And that's kind of the the process. There. So you have influencers in your network, uh, micro, medium, macro. How many influencers about do you have? <laughs> it's a good question. We've got that before on calls. And I honestly couldn't give you a number, maybe like 500. Um, you I don't I have would them s- in an Excel sheet. <laughs> we, uh, I mean, we we do have Excel sheets, but honestly, there there's times we've worked with influencers once. And that could just make our our network be 
bigger than ever. I mean, sure. the, the one question I ask people is like, give me an influencer. And then I can tell you if we worked with them, we probably have. Mm. Um, we've worked with honestly every influencer you can think of big and small on the platform. And again, I think it's just because of who Flighthouse is, is thankfully we've been yep. in this space since day one and kind of have seen these people grow from musically all the way until now. So sure. um, definitely have worked with probably every influencer. So I don't understand. Um, help me understand why you say the money doesn't go as far anymore. Yeah. I do yeah. understand that spending $60,000 on one person may <laughs> be a flop because the sure. algorithm may not catch it. But what I don't understand is if you have a network of 500 influencers and let's say 300 of them are micros and you're paying them five to 10 to $20 each, how that uh, wouldn't be as effective with the money that you're spending. How, how, why is the money not as effective anymore? Yeah. Um, I think the main, the main reason is that lots of people are trying to push music on the platform now and lots of labels mm. are trying to push music on the platform. So uh, we might be hitting an influencer for this song, but someone else might be hitting in this influencer for another song. In turn, that's going to either, you know, that's going to run up the influencer's prices because they're like, oh, I could just start charging more. But that's also just going to make it, they're pushing four songs that today. Um, I don't, that's probably not, you know, not every day, but there is days yeah. where these influencers are uploading multiple, multiple songs and it just gets, the, the platform gets more cluttered um, with music. Um, and then, you know, in terms of, you know, the, the micro side of things, for us, we, you know, have shied away from using that micro strategy as much because it's a lot more time consuming and it's not mm. as powerful when we can, when we have the budgets we do to be able to tap into these, these bigger influencers that have been proven to work in the past. Mm -hmm. Um, especially again, when it's like a pouring a gasoline on the fire, um, situation where the, 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 the trends already created the songs moving. You just kind of have to put more people on it. How do you find micro influencers? <laughs> it's a good, it's a really good question. So for us, um, sometimes it's just been that these people will, will, uh, message us on Flighthouse DMS and are just like, Hey, I love what Flighthouse does. Um, I see you guys promoting songs here and there. I don't know if there's any songs I can be a part of, but let me know. And that's kind of where we introduce them to our quote unquote, uh, micro influencer network. And we will, we actually, you know, this is a little little gem that other agencies might not be doing, but we have a texting list right now where we um, have actually brought on a lot of micro influencers and we say, hey, if you want to be a part of our upcoming campaigns, let us know. Here's a number that 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 you should add. Mm. And when we have deals for you, we'll, we'll we'll reach out. Cool. Let me rephrase the question. How does an independent artist who doesn't there have $15,000 to hire Flighthouse yeah. find micro influencers? Love it. So what I would do is, first of all, just start scrolling your feed. That's the first thing you can do. Looking through videos that you like and are watching. Um, and then just start clicking on profiles. They're the, some of the easiest ways just to use the platform. You know, just start scrolling and seeing what's there. Other mm -hmm. ways is like start checking out hashtags. Um, you know, if you just search up a very generic hashtag that's related to your song or your or your video or whatever you do whether maybe it's art you start you search up the hashtag art mm. and then just scroll that there's there's latest videos so you don't have to search by top you can just search by latest and mm. just start scrolling people uploading art videos anything related to that um and then just either dm them check them out on instagram and dm them say hey guys um i'm trying to you know get get some eyeballs on my music um, would love for you to either use my song for free and maybe I'll do it in return or I'll pay you $5 and you use my song and then I get a video under it. So I think there's a lot of ways. And I was thinking about this before because I knew, you know, a lot of people here might be independent artists. Mm -hmm. I think there are a lot of ways that, you know, independent artists can promote their music. One of the main ways is actually not promoting your music, but just growing yourself as a brand on the platform. I think that's one of the most powerful things you can do. Um, you know, don't promote your music, maybe promote your talent. Um, I've, I, I, I've seen, you know, singers and, you know, talented s singers, you know, just go in parking lots and sing covers of songs. And in turn that blows up their page because they're, 
very talented, singing very recognizable songs. And people are like, oh, I love this. I got to start following this person. And next thing you know, you start scrolling through their videos and some of them are promoting their own music now. Mm. Um, but the way they did that, obviously, is by just showing that they're super talented and they're, they, they're singing these you know very well-known songs. Sure. And I, I think that's honestly more impactful to you know streaming and growing your fan base than just trying to promote a one-off song through mm. micro. I think it's just like, Time wise too, it's great to just build a brand that sure. on on TikTok. So that that's, that's so that makes of- sense. And and just to break it down, um, we're basically talking about two different methods totally to reach the ultimate end goal of getting more fans and more streams to make more money from your music. So the two methods, uh, if I'm understanding this correctly, the first method, which we've been spending the most amount of time talking about, is how do you get a song to catch and go viral on TikTok to eventually get people to go stream that song on on DSPs? Yeah. Um, Now, method number two, which you just brought up, is actually building up your own TikTok profile posting your own videos regularly that may have nothing to do with your music, may have something to do with your music, may have something to do with your talent, like you said. Um, you know, uh, and then eventually, like the Mothica case, like we were talking about, Mothica is a perfect example of that. She built yeah. up her own channel, her own profile, and got followers based on just who she is as an artist and all-encompassing of who she is as an artist. Not really much always to do with her music specifically, they just dug her as a person, as an artist, as a creator, if you want to use the buzzword. Um, and then when her song came out, she would talk about that on TikTok through the normal way that she she posts her TikTok. And that's kind of what ended up catching. Now, on the flip side, we also had Ricky Montgomery on the, on the program. Um, and he was the former. He wasn't even on TikTok when his songs went viral on TikTok, and he only (laughs) got on TikTok because people were like, yo, your songs are going viral right now on TikTok. He's like, what's TikTok? Okay, I should probably get on here. (laughs) And, you know, and then so so there's these two examples of these two methodologies. Yeah, yeah. One of the interesting things I've heard artists say before is like, I don't even – I don't even have my my music uploaded to TikTok through my uh, distributor, and I'm just like – Really? Like Mm -hmm. if even one of your fans is already on the platform before you and decides to upload a video to your song, that that's just another chance at at the lotto of TikTok and the lottery of someone, you know, blowing up your song on the side. So I think, I think it's just like, and it's funny that you said, you know, I'm not, I'm not, uh, I didn't really want to hop on TikTok. It wasn't really my thing. Or like, you know, I think the stigma is that TikTok's this place where little kids are dancing and making, you know, lip syncing videos. And, Mm -hmm. but the truth is like, this is the new platform for breaking music. It's the most powerful across all of social media right now. And Mm -hmm. I mean, all eyeballs are on it. This is how I find my new music. I'm currently 24 and I think I'm old on TikTok, but I still find (laughs) all my music here. So it's like, um, it's just, it's, it's gotten to the point where I think like it's undoubtedly, one of the best platforms. And I think if, if, if you get anything from this, definitely just check it out. You don't have mm. to do anything, but just check out the platform, see if it's something that um, can work with, you know, your brand and your music. Cause I think it's, it's just, it's priceless. It's honestly priceless. Well, that is a great place to, uh, to end our conversation. <laughs> I think we covered a lot of ground and, and yeah. uh, Austin, I really appreciate all the insight yeah. and the knowledge bombs that you just dropped. Um, so there's uh, there's one final question that I ask everybody who comes on the show, and yeah. that is, what does it mean to you to make it in the new music business? Man, uh, it's a really good question, and I actually heard the question before the podcast, so I'm going to I'm going <laughs> to kind of go with what my original thoughts were. But to me, to make it in the new music business is just uh, putting your best foot forward and figuring it out. Um, th- for me to get into the music business, the one thing I did was just testing. I reached out on LinkedIn to the CEO of, of create music group and was just like, Hey, I am looking for an opportunity. Um, 
And I just saw what happened. I didn't know what was gonna happen. And I think, you know, on TikTok, it's the same thing. You don't know what's gonna happen when you upload a video with your song. You don't know what's gonna happen if, you know, you get your friend to use your song on TikTok. Just testing things. That's how you're gonna make it in this new age. There's not a one-stop shop anymore. You don't have to go and up and be on radio promotion and do all this stuff. Mm -hmm. Just test, have fun with it. At the end of the day, if you're a musician, if you're an artist, that's all it is to you, right? It's having fun. It's about doing what you love. And if if you make it a job, it's gonna, it's not gonna be fun anymore. So just enjoy yourself, have fun. And at the end of the day, you're gonna figure it out. It's it's one of the best businesses to be in. And I know there's, you know, there's some people that may say different, but to me it is. And I, that's that's why I love it. I love it. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm an optimist as well. And I I um similarly think it is the greatest time to be in the music industry and the history 100%. of the music business. So Austin Georges, thank you so much for coming on the show. This is awesome. Thank you, man. Thank you for having me on. I really appreciate it. is brought to you by DistroKid. DistroKid is a distribution service that can get your music into all the DSPs like Spotify, Apple Music, TikTok, Tidal, Instagram. Over a million artists have used DistroKid. I'm one of those artists. I've used DistroKid to get my music out, distribute some of my songs. As you know, as I look into all of these distribution services, I test them out. And DistroKid is great. They offer a ton of features, annual fee, unlimited uploads, and you keep 100% of your royalties. Check out districtkid.com.